Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. The great stature and measure of a person is not evaluated by how much you have, but how much you give. A wise man or a wise woman would take heed to the strength of giving rather than the weakness of keeping. Let me say that again. A wise man or a wise woman would take heed to the strength of giving rather than the weakness of keeping. A lot of people think that keeping is strength. That keeping makes you stronger. Keeping makes you more successful. Keeping makes you a little bit more grandeur compared to the regular people in society. And a lot of people think keeping is the way up. But the Bible is very clear that giving is strength. That giving is prosperity. And giving is truly fruitful. We have a great almighty God this morning. And he is all powerful. Do you believe that? And uh, he is all-knowing. Do you believe that? And uh, he is wisdom. He is eternal. He lives forever and ever. And he upholds all that we see today. He keeps the sun, the moon, and the stars in place. And this is truly his world, as we sang, uh, uh, not today, but uh, as we have sung it before, uh, this is my father's world. And everything that we see today is owned by God. And uh, this is Uh, uh, the world that God has created, and he has ownership, and we must recognize that this morning. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, the Bible says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones and dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. You see, uh, God has created everything 6,000 years ago, and now he has kept all, this, all these things for the last 6,000 years. And uh, as we live today, as we breathe today, we realize that God keeps our soul and that God keeps his world. This is truly Father's world. Now, with his omnipotence and his ownership, uh, we must uh, uh, realize this morning, and we must be surprised to know that he gives. Even though this is his world, even though he has great ownership of it, he is willing to share. He's willing to give life. He's willing to let us live, even though we are sinners. And we must recognize this grace this morning. He does keep all things to himself for his glory. Understand that. And if you ever read Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, the Bible is very clear that we have been created for his glory and honor. And, uh, and everything that we see today is for him. But we understand also that he reveals and also he gives to man. And that he's willing to share this world with man. And uh, so that at the end, of course, that he may be glorified. But we must uh, 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 give praise and honor to our God who makes his power available, his knowledge and wisdom available, and his eternity available. And let us give glory to him for what he bestows upon us. And you see, without giving, without him giving, we don't have salvation. He gave his only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
and that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ owns this world, and Jesus Christ opposed this world as power, but he was willing to be born in a manger. He was willing to walk this dusty trail. And he was willing to be tempted as we are, yet without sin. He was willing to die on the cross and face death like we would. And, and he did all that. He gave himself, and God the Father gave his only begotten Son. That's the only reason why we have salvation. If God would have just kept his Son, kept, him, kept everything to himself, we would not have salvation this morning. We would die and, we would die and go to hell. But thank God for His gracious giving, His gracious gift, so that we may have salvation. And uh, He gave us His Word, so that we may place our faith in Him as well. And He gave us His Spirit, so that we may be born again. And He gave us His life, so that we may never die again. So, without Him giving, we have no salvation. You see how God exemplifies how great He is by giving. He didn't exemplify how great He is by keeping. He exemplified how great He is by giving and sacrificing. He didn't have to, but he did it. And we uphold him and we glorify him for that. And we are attracted to his love. And uh, we are bound by his love. And his love truly keeps us going in this Christian life And because he is truly the greatest giver. And we thank God for his sacrifice today. And there are also great examples of uh, how other people in the Bible became strong by giving, following God's example. And there are people in the Bible who follow the example of their God. And we should remember the widow with two mites. One might equals to one-eighth of a cent today, and uh, that isn't very much. And uh, you wouldn't uh, go uh, 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 too, uh, too long before starvation, and uh, it would be around 25 cents today if you were to calculate it. But uh, this is all that she had. She had no savings account. She had no oil at home. Uh, 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 in those times, those were uh, uh, the investments that they would have and, and, uh, and maybe some retirements that they would have, but he didn't, she didn't have anything like that. And, uh, and she only had 25 cents, two mites, but she gave those two mites in the treasury. And guess who noticed it? Jesus noticed it. A lot of people gave of their abundance. The millionaires, okay? And maybe the billionaires during that time gave of their abundance. Look how much we're giving, but they were not giving in sacrifice. And the only person that was giving in sacrifice in that moment was that widow with two mice, 25 cents. And Jesus Christ stopped and look at this woman over here. She had given more than all people that has given in their abundance. You see, God noticed giving. God notices the power of giving. And we are in every way inspired by this lady, this widow with two mites, even today after 6,000 years. And we talk about her, we teach about her, and, and uh, we admire her sacrifice and her faith. Why? Because there is power in giving. And uh, we should also remember the boy who gave up his lunch. He had five loaves and two fishes. As a little boy gave, Christ faith the multitudes and 5,000 men, men to be exact and also 12 baskets full left over. And uh, we uh, are somewhat abused by this story and, and we think uh, of this little boy to be cute. But let us, not rem- let us not forget the great sacrifice that he did. 
Let us not uh, forget the great giving that he gave to those people out there. And, uh, he, and, and this little boy gave to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, what did he do? He multiplied it. And you might have little, but if you give to God, guess what God does with it? He multiplies it. He makes it fruitful. See, whatever you give to God in service, in time, in hours, or maybe in finances or in missions, it might be little, but God will do something great with it because you gave it sacrificially to God Almighty. See, God never ignores giving. And I think about how the little shepherd boy named David, he did not have battle experience. He did not have war experience, but he was willing to give himself to the cause of God. And he went to face that mighty Goliath. He took, he took up five smooth stones, and then at the end, he only needed one. And that God helped him, and that mighty giant came down. Why? Because one little young boy decided, hey, I give myself for the cause of God. And there were other experienced soldiers at that time, and even King Saul, who was taller than anybody else in Judah and also Israel. And he was not even willing to give himself for the cause of God. But this little boy named David said, how dare this giant curse God and, and defy the armies of Israel? And he went out there with a sling and a stone, and God blessed him. And I just, I, I just want to uh, 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 let you know this morning, you might not have much today. And you might not have much talent or experience. And you might not have uh, too much of, uh, I guess, uh, uh, skills. But if you just give yourself to God, I believe that God would do something great with that. God just needs your heart, that's all. Would you be willing to give yourself to God? When there is a genuine giving from the heart, it may not be much, it might be very little, but God manifests a great power. The, great, the greedy world wants to keep things all the time. Keep my time, keep my schedule, keep my finances, keep my health, and keep my talent. And rather than using and giving to others, it has no influence, nor does it have any impact. And, and when someone gives, it's very obvious that Hey, that person is having some influence around them, and, and uh, we are in every way uh, challenged to do uh, uh, more likewise. And, 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 and also, we are somewhat blessed as we see that in, in our lives and the people who give so much. And I heard about a young man called his mother and excitedly announced that he had just met the woman of his dreams. And his mother said, why don't you just send her flowers and invite her to your apartment for a home-cooked meal? The day, the day after the big date, his mother called to see how things had gone. And he replied, Mom, the evening was a complete disaster. It was horrible. And his mother asked, why didn't she come over? Well, she came over, but she refused to cook. And it's very obvious this young man didn't know what giving was and sacrifice was. And it's very obvious that sometimes as Christians, we don't truly know what giving is, and we try to maybe take something back along with it. And, uh, but we need to truly 
have a, uh, a life that has influence and impact in our family and people around us truly give sacrificially with a genuine heart, not for our own benefit, not for our own stature or fame. No, that's keeping. That's what the world does. But we need to give sacrificially, not expect anything back. As Christians this morning, may we be more compelled to obey the words of our Savior. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Would you say that with me? It is more blessed to give than to receive. And uh, I was at youth camp, and, and uh, Brother uh, Josh brought some extra Bibles with him, just in case some kids forgot their Bibles. And I remember one, uh, one Bible that was all a little torn up and was on the kitchen table, and I kind of looked at it to see whose Bible it was. We left it at church, you know. And, uh, and I looked at the name, and I said, okay. And then, but in that very front page, uh, this girl uh, wrote this verse down in Second Corinthians, and uh, where Apostle Paul wrote, "And the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved." He also wrote, "I'm willing to be spent and be spent for you." And uh, you know that that scripture touched my heart, and uh, that scripture really uh, 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 challenged me to give more in my life and. And uh, uh, I've been in ministry for 10 years, and, and uh, uh, I want to do my best for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I just celebrated the 35th year of my life. And as I was uh, blowing that candle, I told the Lord, I asked the Lord, I pray. You know how you make wishes, right? Okay. But I'm not making wishes for, you know, money or anything like that. I'm making wishes to the Lord, and uh, just for the fun of it. And I told the Lord, I, I, I pray, Lord, if you give me maybe 35 more years to serve you, that would be a great blessing. And uh, I want to uh, be always challenged to give, because my fleshly nature says, keep, take, live for yourself, Jimmy. And that's what my flesh says. But the Holy Spirit says, no, give, Jimmy. Sacrifice, do all that you can as you have this one life. It is more blessed to give than to receive. To give our time is better than keeping our time. To give our strength is better than keeping our strength. To give our talents is better than keeping our talents. To give and be used up is better than preserving it. What did our Savior say in Luke chapter 17, verse 33? Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. And if you're keeping your life today, guess what? You're losing it. But if you're losing your life for the Lord and you give yourself to God, I guarantee you, you're winning, my friend. You're preserving your life. And God is doing something with that. And when we give our lives to the Lord, then the Lord does powerful things to preserve it and to keep it. I love the testimony of William Booth, who became blind, blind at the end of his life. And he said to his son, Bremwell, I have done what I could do for God and the people with my eyes. Now I shall see what I can do for God and the people without my eyes. What was William Booth doing? Preserving his life at the end of, at the, at the end of his ministry? No, he wanted to give more and more and more for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we are trying to preserve and keep our lives in a selfish way, God cannot do the powerful thing. We will actually lose it. Giving is when God works. Keeping and being selfish is when God does not work. There are great powerful benefits in giving. I'd like to share with you in this wisdom of Proverbs three principles of giving that helps us understand the strong benefits in the Lord. First of all, there is an increase. There is an increase. 
Verse 24, there is that scattereth, yet increase it. And there is that withhold them more than is meet, but it tendeth to poverty. You know, it was Martin Luther who said, I have tried to keep things in my hands and lost them all. But what I have given into God's hand, I still possess. How true that is. You know. And when you try to keep things in your own, you lose them all. But what we give to God in God's hands, guess what? God's hand never loses things. Amen? God's hand always keeps it, preserves it. There is that scattereth, yet increaseth. Our pastor gave a wonderful illustration about giving a few years ago. And, and uh, he said, when we are born, we are born with a cleansed hands. Okay. Cleansed hands. And if you ever see a little infant baby, you know, they're always crying like this, aren't they? You know, and it's hard to open their little palms. And, and they're always clenching for something. And, uh, and uh, our pastor Choi said, but when we die, okay, when we die... We lay with our hands that are open. How significant that is. And how we lay our hands upon our chest open when we die. We're born clenching, wanting, and keeping. But at the end, we take nothing with us. First Timothy 6, 7, For we brought nothing into this world. It is certain we can carry nothing out. Our human nature is selfish. Ever since we were born, And we think being selfish is how we increase. But in the standard principle of God, being selfish does not give increase, but it brings poverty. For example, God wants us to tithe. God wants us to give him 10% of our increase. God also wants us to give to him sacrificially and other giving that he may uh, burden us with. And when we give tithe to God, do we become poor? No. According to God, we become more rich, not just spiritually, but also financially. And God blesses more as we faithfully tithe and as we give to maybe missions. Do we become poor? No. According to God, we become more rich. We have given toward his work and his missions. And, and as I have given toward missions for the last, uh, uh, I guess, uh, 10 years in ministry, and, and uh, as I have given every single month, I have never become poor. God, uh, God has always provided. And I want you to understand that God keeps good accounting of your life and of your finances if you just give to God what is due to Him because God, in every way, given you the increase anyways. Why don't you just honor God with tithe and also offering so that He may be glorified and that He will bless you even more. You know, Christ said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Lay not up for yourself treasure upon earth where moth and rust are corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. And, and and, and Jesus Christ was uh, in every way trying to get to the point that you're trying to keep things in this world. Hey, it's going to corrupt and it's going to not last. But when you are laying up yourself treasures upon heaven, hey, it will last forever. It will last for all eternity. And there is that scattering, yet increase it. You see, God is saying, just worry about the scattering. Let me take care of the increase. God gives the increase. Let me not just relate this to finances. And by the way, did you know that Jesus Christ in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he talked about finances many times. 
And I believe the way you live your life in finances is by the book, by this book right here, not by the standards of this world. You live by this book. You give your tithes to God. You give your offerings to God. I believe that God will bless you. It's up to you how much you want to be blessed by God. The reason why you have so little today as Christian, or maybe you are just barely making it, I believe is because you have not given to God what is due to Him. And only time will tell how God will recompense. You know, God recompensed Israel. Because every seven years, they're supposed to rest the land. They didn't do it. That's why they were taken into captivity for 70 years or so. If you ever look at the prophets, the Bible is very clear that God was in every way recompensing, taking back what was due to him. I want you to rest the land. You didn't do it, so let me make it rest for you. God means business concerning finances. It's for your own sake. You will become more poor spiritually, but not only spiritually, but financially, when you withhold what is, what is due to him. But also spiritually in service, when we are selfish in the service of the Lord, we become spiritually poor. You know, we lose the opportunity of impacting someone's life. We lose the opportunity of sacrificing for the Savior. We lose the opportunity of going another extra mile for Jesus Christ. We have, le- we have less treasure stored up in heaven. We have less crowns stored up in heaven. I was a uh, in the uh, church in uh, Highland Park yesterday, and, and there was two preachers, and the, the latter preacher came from Fresno. He drove down four hours for this meeting, and I asked him before the service started, are you spending the night, and uh, uh, are you going to uh, uh, take some rest tonight? And he said, well, i got to go back tonight because I have a church to run tomorrow morning. He left around 10 o'clock last night. He probably got home 2 o'clock this morning. Probably he's preaching now this morning. And I was challenged by that. He brought his whole family to the meeting, even his mother-in-law. And uh, so that, you know, uh, the ministry could be supported in that church and the mission banquet that they had. And, and, and I was challenged to know, uh, what am I doing for the Lord Jesus Christ? And am I willing to, you know, uh, drive that uh, many hours so that I could be a blessing, so that I could be used up for the Lord? And sometimes we are just thinking, hey, I have done too much. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no way in this life where you have done too much for the Lord Jesus Christ. You could always do more. We could always do more. It's just that we have maybe lost our first love. Maybe that's why. Our relationship with Christ has been a little distant. And, 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 and rather than giving, we're taking and keeping. And I have, I, have, I have done that in my life as well. And every time I have done that, I, I regret I, I, I pray to the Lord that I'll not get back to that mode of selfishness. How so many greedy Christians have riches in, their, in themselves, but they're poor in spirit. Never have time, maybe for so winning, never have time to talk to another Christian, never have time to have extra Bible study, never have time to listen to another preaching message, and never have time to go on mission trips, and never have time to love and care, and maybe to be compassionate. And you're winning with yourself, but you're losing spiritually. And thank God for those Christians yesterday. And uh, we had 24 people come out to uh, 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 go out to Pasadena and go uh, pass out tracts. 
And uh, thank God we were able to pass out thousands of tracts yesterday. And, and uh, Brother Price came out, thank God for you. And there were several others who came out. And uh, you could have done something else. But you said, you know, I'd rather be scattered. I'd rather do something for the Lord Jesus Christ on my day off. And I'd rather uh, 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 share the gospel with those who are lost in Pasadena. By the way, Brother Price, I never knew that Pasadena looked like that. Never knew they had so many apartments, right? And uh, my wife had a stroller, and so I had to get the second floor all the time, you know. And, uh, and, but am I griping about that? No, I'm not, okay? <laughs> Thank God I got to use my legs for the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? But, you know, uh, uh, we had fun. We had a great time, and we came back. We ate here, and, and uh, we were just in every way joyful to know that we were able to help Brother Jones. He's starting a church next month. He could have been very comfortable in Georgia. And I've been to Georgia. And, uh, I mean, there is church after church after church. And there is great fellowship of preachers out there. But now he's in Pasadena. There is no church every block. I mean, I found a couple of churches around the area, but they're not Bible-believing church. Now he's all alone out there with these three boys and his wife, and now he's planning a church. What is he doing? He is scattering He's saying, I want to do something for the Lord Jesus Christ in this lifetime. And in, he is in his 40s. He could have just stayed in Georgia, passed for another 25 years, and, and, and done something for the Lord Jesus Christ there. But he said in his midlife, he says, I'm going to do something else. I want to be scattered. I want to be used up for God. I want to plant a church in California. And uh, I, look up, I, look to, I look up to him for that. And you pray for him. And I hope in every way that you take the opportunity to evangelize. I was sharing with the teenagers uh, this past week and talking about Inglewood, talking about Compton, talking about <coughs> Gardena and Torrance and, and San Pedro and, and uh, 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 even Harvard City and all those uh, uh, cities right in South Bay. And if you take that 10-mile radius, it's around 580,000 people. There's a lot to do for the Lord Jesus Christ here, God's people say. People need the Lord Jesus Christ. They need to know that Jesus saves. But for us to just sit down and not do anything about it as people are perishing every single day, hey, we are trying to keep our lives rather than losing it, and God is not able to do something miraculous through you. What are you doing for the Lord Jesus Christ? Don't try to keep it. You're decreasing. Scatter so that you may increase. Yesterday, as I was uh, sitting in the front pew, and these ladies came up, uh, I think they were about 19, 20, 21, 22, and six ladies came up, sang a special song. They didn't have sopranos. They didn't have altos. Okay, they didn't have any of that. They just sang melody, and they sang with a very quiet voice. It almost felt like they only sang for a few times. But they were dressed up in different country outfits. And one girl was dressed up as Cambodian. And, and another girl was dressed up in, uh, as, a, uh, as a Honduran girl. And, and El Salvador and Mexico. And, and all these Spanish kids just catching the spirit of mission. And they stood there and they sang a special. And I have heard great specials at Bible Baptist Church before. And I sat there, and I was thinking, well, these girls, you know, they don't know how to carry a tune, and, and, and they're not sure what they're doing, but they have a smile on their face, and they are singing to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And that got me excited. I didn't care if they knew how to sing soprano or alto. I didn't care how much harmonizer it was. I just cared about their hearts. They wanted to sing to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that really got me going as I was sitting there. I wanted to go up there and sing with them. Amen. Man, I love people who are just willing to do things even though they have not have the skills, they don't have the talents, but they're doing it because they love the Lord Jesus Christ and they're scattering and God has given the increase and that touched my heart as a guest, as a guest missionary there and, and I realized that I could, do, do, I could do more for the Lord Jesus Christ. I may not be talented, I may not be the greatest preacher, I may not be the most organized, but I want to be used up for the Lord with whatever I have. I remember the first time I preached, I only lasted five minutes. You might be thinking, would you go back to that? I'll think about it. I didn't even look up at the people I was preaching to. I was looking at my notes. Sometimes uh, in the flesh, I was, you know, I would be selfish and I would be thinking to myself, having self-pity party, and, and the Lord would just ref- get me to reflect back in those days. I didn't know anything, but I was doing it anyways because I, I love the Lord Jesus Christ. Get back to that love again. Increase. Let God give you increase. Secondly, there is a return. There is a return. Verse 25, the liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. You know, there's a great pleasure in giving. For the Bible promises that when we give, we will be restored. Apostle Paul gives a promise of restoration as the church gave sacrificially in Philippians 4.19. But my gosh, will supply all you need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 6 verse 38, Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, and pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure they ye meet, withal it shall be measured to you again. So when God restores, he does not just restore and returns, but he also gives more, and, and God promises that to Israel. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, look on the screen, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but he say, where and have you robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You see, God takes it very personally. He says in verse 9, ye are cursed with the curse. Ye have robbed me, even this whole nation, bringing all the tithes into the storehouse, and there may be great, may, there may be meat in my house, and prove me now here with, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will now open you the windows of heaven, Pour out a blessing that there be not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And you will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time of the field, saith the Lord of hosts. You see, there's two folds of promise here when we give to God. The power of God, it's manifest. Number one, he will abundantly supply. And pour out your blessing that, will, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. God said, if you give to me, I will make sure, double it, triple it, I will make sure there'll be not even a room to receive it. God promises that. Does God keep his promise? Yes, he does. Number two, he was secure. Not only would he supply, he was secure. He says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field. And uh, uh, God says, no other people will steal from you, and I will protect your treasures, I will protect your finances, I will protect your means. Do not worry about it. I will supply, and I will secure. 
And by the way, God did not give in this promise of how much you should give, and then I will supply, and then I will secure. He says, if you give that much, then I will supply, I will secure. He didn't say that. No, just give whatever you have. If you give, then I will supply, and I will secure. Little or big, it doesn't matter. God will abundantly supply and secure, as that is his promise. God promises return, and his return never disappoints. And even with giving to others, God is a good accountant. I think of a wonderful story of Hudson Taylor, missionary to China 100 years ago. And when Hudson Taylor was preparing to go to China as a missionary, he knew he needed to, turn, uh, uh, he needed to learn to trust God. He was working for a busy medical doctor who told Taylor to remind him when the salary was due. Hudson Taylor determined instead to, ask, uh, instead to ask God to provide for his need rather than begging people for the money. He told the story that once he had not yet been paid and was down to his last half crown on a Sunday night, a poor man came to ask Taylor to pray for his wife who was desperately sick. So Hudson Taylor was not able to pay his rent because he was not being paid for his salary. When he arrived, when, when, when the family, the poor family arrived in this situation, Taylor saw that they had nothing. He knew he could help, but he hesitated to give up his last coin that he had. He knelt to pray with the family and later described what happened in his own words. But scarcely... Had I opened my lips with our Father who are in heaven, then conscience said within, dare you mock God, dare you kneel down and call him Father with that half crown in your pocket. Convicted his soul as he had that last coin in his pocket. He saw the miserable state and the needed state of this family. And as he was praying for this poor Christians, the Lord convicted his heart. How do you even call me, Father? How do you even mock me with your prayer? Taylor gave the poor man his last coin that day, not knowing when his next salary will come. And that family was able to purchase food and medicine for his sick wife. Taylor returned home with an empty pocket but a full of heart. Uh, By the way, it's always better to be right with God. Always better to be right with God and have so much in the world. Amen. The very next day, though, he received an anonymous letter in the mail with a half-sovereign coin, which is worth four times more than the crown of coin that he had in his pocket. As he gave away his last crown, God gave him with the sovereign coin. What a great example. You might crown yourself with your own coin today, and you're keeping it. But if you give that crown away, God will give you a sovereign crown, sovereign coin. God will give you more. As Hudson Taylor gave it away, God gave him four times or more. How many believe that God is a good accountant? Amen. God knows what he is doing. Giving brings pleasure and restoration. God will never disappoint Raise your hand if you you have missed a meal this week because you didn't have any money. Raise your hand. I think everyone ate this week. You know why? Because God provided for you. David wrote, I have been young, I have been old. 
She says, God has never forsaken me. I have never seen the righteous beg for bread. By the way, if you don't give to him, God will still have mercy on you, but you'll never find the blessing. You will never find what he could have given you more, how he could have released the windows of heaven. There is a return. Number three, there is a ridicule. He that would told the corn and people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. This is a very simple to understand. If you have goods in your hand, the goods that determine, determines life or death for people, in this proverb, which is corn and food, if you withhold that and not share it, then people will curse you. Let's say there's a cure for a Zika virus. A lot of people are afraid of that, aren't we? What if someone withhold that cure just for their own country and not for others? I think he will be ridiculed. I think he will be despised. He would look down upon. One of the greatest examples of a person who, truly, who is truly praised in the 20th century is this modern medicine doctor, Jonah Salk. One of the greatest threats in American soil after the post-war era, after World War II, was a disease called polio. I mean, no polio. Yeah. The 1952 epidemic was worst outbreak in the nation's history. Of nearly 58,000 cases reported that year, 3,145 people died and 21,269 were left with mild to disabling paralysis and with most of his victims being children. Even the early victim before the war was former President Franklin Roosevelt. He had polio. However, in 1955, after hard work of research and testing, a medical researcher named Jonas Salk finally came with a vaccine. Over 1,800,000 school children took part in the trial. When the news of the vaccine success was made public in April 12, 1955, Salk was hailed as a miracle worker. And the day almost became a national holiday. His sole focus had been to, to develop a safe and effective vaccine as rapidly as possible with no interest in pro- personal profit. He could have made the money. He could have patented it. When he was asked in a televised interview and who owned the patent to the vaccine, Salk replied, there is no patent. Could you patent the sun? What a statement. What was he saying? I believe he was giving glory to God. As much as the sun cannot be patented because God created it and not man, this polio vaccine cannot be patented. It is from the Lord. God used me to create it and to supply it, and to have people use it. How dare I make more money? How many people have praised and shown gratitude to Mr. Jonah Stalks? And even before this message, do you, did you even know about him? I think many of us probably didn't. You just knew that there was a vaccine to polio, right? Our kids get it when they're little infants. But there is a man who gave sacrificially so that millions and millions and millions of people could survive. Giving brings favor. Greed brings despisement. We have the gospel this morning. Many people might curse at us 
at the great white throne judgment for not freely sharing the gospel with them. How we need to freely share the gospel more than ever. You know, Jesus Christ said in Matthew 10, could you read this together with me? Let's read this together. Ready? Freely ye have received, freely give. Say that one more time. Freely ye have received, freely give. That's the principle. Do you give? Do you give to God? Do you give to others? Are you just living for yourself? Am I living for myself? What are we doing? May we be more fervent to give. May we serve. May we live this life, this one life that God has given us. Giving has great power. May we be more diligent to give than to keep or to receive. Let us see what God can do if we just simply give ourselves to Him. And God will abundantly supply. Just like the five loaves and two fishes. Just like those two mice. By the way, did that, you think that widow went poor and, and starved to death after she gave those two mites? I doubt it. I doubt it. God gave more. Give. It is more blessed to give than to receive.